Hi everyone and welcome again to ABC's of Anesthesia and this is our interview series. Uh, so my name is Lahiru. And my name is Kaz. And today we're going to go through some actual exam style questions. Mm. Uh, in the last episode we mentioned the topics or the styles of questions that you could get. Um, so we might go through them. Do you want to go run through that, Kaz? Yeah, so um, I guess broadly the questions uh, we would break up into motivation and brand. So motivation being why do you want to do anesthesia <laughs> um, and brand being why should we pick you. Um, and then we go on to situational questions. Then um, questions surrounding leadership, teamwork, or communication, which come under the broader umbrella of CRM or crisis resource management, as we do in um, a lot of our kind of resuscitation training. Mm -hmm. And then personal attributes as they pertain to your strengths, your weaknesses, and then um, some general questions about yourself, which can often be some cold opens, which are interesting uh, interesting to cover. Um, some questions that are a bit more on the professional, college, clinical governance side of things, and then clinical questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, lateral thinking questions. Excellent. So that's a good summary. So look, we're, we're not actually sure how many episodes we're going to go through, whether we're just going to run through this in one go. But yeah, we'll just, um, after we get to around 30 minutes or so, we'll, we'll call it and, uh, and pick it up in the next episode. Now, it live. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so now, now the first thing is, regardless of the question you get, I think um, when you're in that interview, you know you're going to be nervous mm. and there's going to be times that you mess up. There's going to be times that you stumble over your words. You might stutter. You might just do everything wrong. And I think a really important principle is to just go, wow, I'm really nervous. <laughs> or, well, you know what? That is an interesting question that I definitely have not thought about. That You know, just yeah. like saying the elephant in the room, chances are you're going to get a laugh. Yeah. That said, don't don't ever try to joke or get a laugh as, as a rule. Uh, but you know, just just telling the examiners where you're at, I yeah. feel like that's a really important thing. And I've done that plenty of times with pretty good effect. Like I was just either really shocked by the question or I just was really nervous and I've just set it out. And that, you know, the, what, what is it? The, um, the act of identifying and accepting the state of mind or the emotion you're in does a whole lot to decrease that emotion. And I think it also brings everyone onto the same page. And I think it, mm. it also... Um, I think potentially gives you a bit more leeway. Mm. Um, and I did this in my Viva quite mm. often when I go stumped. I'm like, look, I'm not sure. Yep. Um, but going off the principles of what I know, this is what I think the answer is. And something we all practice doing. <laughs> so the interview, you can go, I haven't thought about that. But mm-hmm. based on my experience in ABC, mm-hmm. this is how I would respond. And I think that's, yeah. that's fine. Absolutely. So I like that. So, you know, state your emotion. <laughs> Tell them how you're feeling. Test yeah. it. Tell them about the emotional state. <laughs> if the question is something that you find really tricky, you know, it's not a bad thing to say that that that, it, mm. that, that, that it's tricky because it's it's genuine, it's honest, uh, and that's again something that they're probably looking for someone who's real. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you mentioned, uh, sorry, what did you mention again? Um, so yeah, I guess if if it's a question you're unprepared for, you can go look. I'm not 100 percent sure oh, about good. how I'd respond to this, but based on my experience, this is. Yeah, exactly. If you don't know the answer to something, I might, should we cut that in? Yeah. 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 Right. So, and the other thing is if you don't know the answer to a question, there's no shame in just saying, look, I, like you mentioned, don't know the answer, but I think this is what I'm going to, I'm going to be doing or how I'm going to be approaching it. I think that's really reasonable. Um, so I think um, another yeah. thing to add to that, I, don't be afraid to take a couple of seconds to think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think rushing into an answer, which is what you want to do when you're nervous, you um, seem rushed, your ideas are going to be unformed and you're probably not going to be able to structure your answer the way that 
um, we really think it, it, it is helpful. So I think take a second, take a beat. You can even say, can I have a second to think about this? I've mm. done this in many interviews and you always get a positive, positive response. Just three seconds seem like eternity and a half, but mm. really it, it doesn't seem that long to the interviewer. So yeah. take a breath um, and you can even take a deep breath with your answer. So I, I'm a big fan of that. Don't rush in. Yeah, no, that's good. So a few more technical techniques around the, I guess, peripheral to actually answer the question, but I think they've, yeah, we found those really useful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just another thing about structure of answering the questions. Because mm-hmm. uh, if, if you have an answer which has quite a few points to it, how, how do you... How do you go about giving that? Yeah, so I think it's really good to start practicing structuring your answers. So if they go, um, you know, what do you think are the issues in this scenario? You can go, well, I think there are three issues. I think the issues are this, this, and this. And then you elaborate on the subsequent points. Mm-hmm. The good things about this is it allows you to, A, organize your thoughts. It allows you to show them that you are able to organize your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also gives them a bit of a roadmap. So when they're listening, even if you get a bit lost, mm-hmm. they can follow you through. Mm-hmm. And in the worst case scenario, if you talk for too long and they want to cut you off, they probably will already give you marks for the points you didn't get to talk about. Yeah. So we do this a lot in Vivas. Um, and it's really about getting your runs on the board. And I think some of the best interview can, uh, candidates I've interviewed have, to, have do this very naturally. And I think it's a good skill to practice. Yeah, that's right. Like there's probably nothing worse for the examiner who probably wants to give you marks. Uh, if you're on one, on one part of your three-part answer talking at length, but you really just want to hear the extra things because maybe this viva or this in- interview is actually leading from that third point. Exactly. Uh, yeah. and, and breadth in these scenarios is, is so much better. This interview is about your ability to give a wise and reflective broad answer, yes. not specify on one single point. So, exactly. and again, if you can't think of three points, that's fine. I'm a big fan of three points for most things. Yeah. I think it's a good number. Um, if it's only two, that's okay. Don't stress about not thinking of a third. Do two in a bit more detail. Yeah. One. So no, I, I can imagine myself asking you then, what happens if I haven't ever thought about this? And I, and I think it's, that, that's completely fine. Mm. You, you can off, like take, take a couple of seconds and you might think of three or four issues and then you can literally say, look, I, it's not something I thought of, but just thinking about it now, I feel like there's four important issues and other or something like that. So you can always, exactly. yeah, you can always add an other category or just say, this is what I believe are the most important. I haven't thought about this at length, but exactly. yeah. And, and this comes down to that idea of practicing. You need to practice answering questions that you haven't prepared for because you are inevitably going to get one. Mm. Um, and I think part of that is practicing formulating your main points and putting them up on the board, then elaborating on them subsequently. Right. Now, so what we're going to do now, we'll actually go through quite a lot of these questions and, um, it's probably worthwhile even writing them down. Like, you know, just write down the questions that we're asking. Uh, if you're preparing for an interview, formulate your answers to this. Mm. And I think it's just really useful because this sometimes like this preparation will form the basis, not only for all your other interviews that you'll ever do uh, potentially, but also, you know, some of these questions are probably really important for your clinical practice as well. Mm. So it's probably worthwhile doing. Mm. Uh, so let, let's get started. So um, I really like the way you frame this, Kaz, which is there's two quick key questions overall, which is motivation and brand. So tell us about that. So um, I think these questions are where you should start whenever you're preparing for interviews. So the first one is motivation. So what is your motivation for applying for this training program? These questions can take a number of different forms. Um, the most common is why do you want to do anesthetics? Um, it can also be why do you want to be part of the anesthetic program? Why do you want to do anesthetics in this network? Um, and it can obviously be whatever specialty. Um And I think this is really speaking to your motivation for applying. Mm -hmm. 
The second question is brand, which is essentially why should we pick you over everyone else? And I think this is a question you should expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is something you need to have a good answer for. So this is where we really start thinking about, you know, one of, I think, Lars' favorite lines that I love is, is what is your point of difference? Oh, yeah, what can right. you bring to the table that no one else can? And I think thinking through these two questions, I find is really challenging because, oh, yeah. because well, you go, Every, well, everyone's great. Everyone's like, amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm phenomenal. That's why. No. Like, like, I really honestly feel like, everyone's really good so yeah. really what am i offering I exactly mean, you could probably hire anyone <laughs> well but that's the thing so this, so with the brand question you really need to dial into why are you different and it doesn't have to be better it can be why are you different so what is unique about you mm-hmm. and this is really really challenging to do because as you said like your your other people applying for this program are all fantastic so think about very uniquely what can you bring to this role that no one else can mm. and it, and it, that's a really hard process so i had lots of chats with friends and family and my mm. kind of study buddy where we just kind of went through what is different and we just generally asked like what do you think is different about me yeah and it was it was interesting that's actually a really good way to do it. and it might make you feel a lot better about yourself as yeah. well if you ask you know ask your loved ones ask your friends hey why am i good yeah <laughs> validate me yeah. now <laughs> I, I do remember thinking about you know what are my strengths? Yeah. And then coming into the interview, and this was the interview at the hospital I wanted to work at. And I, they said, yeah, why, why are you right for the job? And I went through a whole list of the things that I thought were my strengths. And then at the end, it was almost like this was a rehearsed question, regardless of what I said. Yeah. Uh, and the, the interviewer said at the end, that's what everyone said. What makes you different? <laughs> Oh, I've got nothing. That was everything. I gave you everything in the first go. So maybe keep one yeah. <laughs> special thing just uh, yeah. just in your back pocket. But, but I think in that, I think that's a really good point. Also think about what everyone else is saying. Everyone's a great communicator. Everyone loves anesthesia and everyone loves working in a team and everyone loves research. Yeah. Though I can guarantee, yeah. you know, you will hear that like 36 times when you're doing interviews. Mm-hmm. And I think, and you can say those points. So my points were very similar, but it's about saying them in a different way and bringing in your unique experiences to facilitate that. Mm-hmm. And with the motivation questions, I think this question is the absolute hardest, okay? Mm-hmm. You need to really think about why do you want to do anesthesia or why do you want to do your specialty? And you need to be really precise and specific to yourself. Yeah. And it's hard because you probably haven't done much anesthetics, nor have you worked in the day-to-day job of being a consultant in this, which will be the majority of your career. Exactly. So in a way, it's a bit of an artificial question. Really, the answer is, look, I'm just rolling the dice on this. Yeah. I think it, it seems good. <laughs> Anesthetists seem happy. Yeah. We're here in Kaz, I'm having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing anesthesia with podcasting. Uh, so, yeah, that's yeah. a good sign. <laughs> Um, look, I think that's a great point. And I think that is something you should be willing to admit. Um, probably not, not in person because you're, you're, if you're applying for the program, you're expected to have done enough anesthesia that you kind of have an idea. Yeah. But I think really think about why. So for me, like my answers were super generic. It was because I actually found anesthesia to be the only part of medicine where you generally have to have an intimate, acute knowledge of a lot of the farm and fizz that, you know, um, on, on a shorter time course and really enact change. So that's a really generic answer. Mm-hmm. But I then spent... Honestly, like pretty much until probably about a fortnight before the interview, trying to f- say that in a really unique way. And I only really got there right at the end. Yeah, okay. Um, so, so, so with this, again, what I do with my friends when I do interview practices, I just go, but why? But why do you want to do an anesthesia? But why? But why? But why? And we just kind of just have this long conversation. And, and you essentially get it out of people that so there's... Literally make your, make your interview make your practice friends yeah. or, or be a five-year-old to yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is like the, I remember one of my... Yeah, family friends always going, but why, but why, but why, 
Why because was the phrase. Why because. <laughs> okay, Why so that, that, that's yeah. interesting. So I would, I, I like that approach, but you have to really drill down to, mm. you know, the essence of what you enjoy about life or enjoy about your work. Yeah. Um, I think this is something I tell the medical students that you will pick jobs based on bad evidence. For example, maybe you, you do a number of rotations and most of the time you're not good enough because you're a medical student. You just haven't you know, done the hours or the technical uh, you know, time to get good at these skills. And then one day a consultant or registrar will say, hey, that was really good. And then suddenly it'll be like Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. And you'll be like, oh my God, this person believes in me. Yeah. I think I, I'll be good at that job. But really it's just because you felt like someone backed you for that moment. And I think this is really a really bad reason. Uh, I think I was lucky to choose anesthetics because it's turned out to be exactly what I want to do. Mm. But I think a really good way of doing it would be to talk to lots of consultants about the day-to-day of what they do and not just what's great about the job, but you know what is the really bad stuff about the job mm. and then trying to decide whether your personality is okay with that. For, yeah. for example, knowing yourself in depth about you know what you're like. For example, if you're an extrovert, uh, and you know you're doing something where there isn't much, you know, outward energy type of stuff. It might be really difficult to be, uh, you know, like, yeah. Let's say you're an extrovert and you're doing uh, radiology and pretty much just talk, you know, looking at screens all day. That might be a bit difficult. Or maybe you're an introvert and you're doing general practice mm. or something. We have to talk to people all the time. This is an inherent part of your personality that doesn't match the job that you're going to get to. Mm. Whereas I think with anesthetics, um, but again. Ask all your bosses, find out what what the job is like. Are you going to be okay with the boring times, the downtime where the case is absolutely smooth sailing? Or are you going to be okay with crisis management uh, or the harrowing stuff that happens? And um, it's hard to know, but I think these are the questions you've got to ask yourself. Yeah, I think you do have to make a bit of an estimation on what you've seen and what you've experienced and what you've heard. Um, But but I think the... I think the answer to this question can even be a bit more romantic than that. It can really mm-hmm. be about, you know, what really, what was that moment that made you go, oh, this, this is kind of it. And for me, like a big mm-hmm. part was the people I work with, you know, it was kind of, mm-hmm. I was, I was in a department and a lot, a lot of the trainings have said this to me, like you're in a mm-hmm. department and you're like, oh, if I, if I end up like these guys, I'll be pretty happy because they're all relatively well adjusted. They're pretty happy. They're all yep, cycled. Yep. They're in great shape. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, thank and, you. and they look after you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Not you, no. (laughs) COVID nineteen hasn't hasn't been good. Um, And 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 for me, so that was one of my big reasons. I actually said in my interview Mm -hmm. that it was actually because I just think, yeah, that 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 was a big reason for me. So that so I could speak about that really genuinely. Mm -hmm. And I think you should find the reason that you can speak really genuinely and try to give a bit of a broader answer as that. um, Sorry, a broader answer regarding that. Yeah, good. Okay, so we got mm. these are the two quick questions. What's your motivation? Why do you want to do anesthetics? Mm. Talk to everyone about it. Find out what the job really means. Find out what the boring bits are. Find out what the, the good bits are and why is it good? Or you know, or critical care or EDICU. Mm. Why this hospital? That's probably I can I can imagine just you know I, I literally just looked up each of the hospitals to find yeah. out what their thing was and you know it's it's kind of a funny question because I'm sure most people would be happy to do anesthetics anywhere. Yeah, uh, and so you know. Uh, what happens if you are, what happens if your training hospital was hospital A and you went to hospital B for the interview and you were asked, look, I, I noticed that you've trained in hospital A. Uh, you know, do you do you prefer them or us? What would you answer to that? I think that's a really hard question, and I actually don't think you get asked that very often. In I've, yeah, I've never heard that. Being yeah, asked. but uh, if you do get asked that, knowing that you want to be truthful and reliable and authentic and all those other things we talked mm. about, 
What would you say? So if I'm going to, I'm going to push myself to this. Yeah. If I was pushed, push me, that's okay. Uh, if I was pushed to say, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. You want to do aesthetic training. Yeah, yeah. But do you prefer the, that hospital or this hospital? I, th- I think I'd just go with the fact that they know your ass already. Like they already know that you've trained yeah. at a hospital and you probably want to work there. Yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with saying, look, my first priority is I, I want to do anesthetic training. I really enjoy the hospital I'm working at. Mm. That, that's no lie. I'd love to get a job there. But, you know, I, if, if I, uh, you know, if I could get this job, I'd be completely happy for all these reasons. I feel like that's just an that's honest a answer. That's answer, yeah. And they know that, like, there's no way that if I was interview, I wouldn't know that you're obviously on a preference yes. at a hospital. I just don't feel like it's a problem. I don't think you'll get asked that. But that's an example of being put on the spot and just feeling that discomfort. Yeah. Like you can almost laugh and go, yeah, look, that's a, obviously a really tricky question because I'm interviewing here. <laughs> yeah. And that's still an honest thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and to be fair, like I think yeah. that's a very good discerning question that they might throw back at you because they mm. really want to see how you do when you're put on the spot. Yeah. So I think it's, it's not a bad question to practice, actually. I think I did practice that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, good. So we talked about motivation for mm-hmm. each of the different parts of the anesthetic job, yep. the hospital, et cetera, and then your brand and why should we pick you? And I really like that. I mean, it's obviously a very modern term, brand. You know, it really is. You know, what what makes you special? Mm. And and I don't and I don't think it has to be anything too amazing because I no. think most people applying for these jobs, you're already in medicine, you're already graduated, and you're already probably doing well in your um you know respective kind of you know jobs and everything that you've done. So you just got to. Yeah, just really soul search as to what what makes you tick. Mm. And hopefully what makes you tick is then something you can form into words. Yeah. yeah. Or, or or if, yeah, exactly. And, and you just need to find, I think, I would say for this, like three points of where you stand out. And, um, mm-hmm. and there can be areas where you want to stand out, mm-hmm. where you have a goal to stand out. And, you know, you might say, I really like running RCTs and I really want to get involved with running a few trials. I haven't done this yet, but I'm doing a biostats degree. Yeah, because I want to work towards that. And I think that is still a great point of difference that makes you very unique. Yeah. And yeah, like taking a, something out of, you know, that, that whole panel of strengths that you might mm. profess to have. And going, look, you know, I th- I'm, I'm working on being a good leader. Mm. I, I love being part of a team. I love the stuff that I've done in the past in my sporting teams and in the committees that I've been on. And I've enjoyed doing that. Mm. You know, you're, not, you're not saying anything amazing. You're, like, you're not trying to oversell yourself. You're just saying that that's something that you probably enjoy and you think you probably do as good as anyone else. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Good. <laughs> kind, of, kind of off topic. Yeah. Um, but related to this, how do you straddle the line between being humble and confident in an interview? I'm not, I'm not actually sure. I'm, I'm not sure how, how I come across really. Um, I'm really not sure. So because uh, the perception of confidence or humble is something that the interviewer perceives of you. So I have no control of that is the first thing I'd say. Mm. Uh, but then say say it was so say say that i had to now try to be not 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 try to be overconfident it'd be firstly stating things as they are mm-hmm. without embellishment mm-hmm. uh, it'd be again again not over like not professing something to be something that I, like I, I would never say i'm the greatest leader of all time uh but saying that i i really enjoy leadership i i, I love trying to understand the nuances of communication and this is what i've done mm-hmm. that's not bragging they've asked you a question so it's bragging if you if it's bragging or potentially over, overconfident, if you volunteer information that hasn't been asked. Yes. So already the interview is a platform where they're actually asking you to yeah. not brag, but yeah. give them information. And then I'm not overselling and I'm stating facts about what I've done. So I think that's the best way I can come up with an answer. Mm. I will tell them facts. I will say, this is what I'm interested in and what I'm trying to work on to be better at, because that's true. Mm. And I'm not, that's not a comparative statement against anyone else. 
And then I'll provide information about how I've been doing or working towards that goal. There's some great points there. So I really like the point about um, not making comparative statements to other people. I think um, one of, one of, I had a few like guiding principles and one of the guiding principles was you never say anything negative about another person Mm -hmm. um, or another department. So you never make a joke about another specialty. You may never, never make another joke about, um, other candidates or another consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think imagine that every everything you say about another person is a reflection of yourself. And, and in that way, I think only speak to their positives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's a really good point. And I, um, I guess like to almost paraphrase you a little bit, one of, one of the ways you could say, you know, I'm an excellent leader is, um, you know, I, I really value good leadership and this is something I aspire to. Mm-hmm. And the ways I practice this is by ABC. Yeah. Nice. And that's saying I'm a great leader without saying I'm a great leader. Yeah. Or you will or be, that you will be a great try, leader. Try, to be, try your best to be. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, I think, showing your pathway and your progress. And really, I'm, like a lot of leadership positions you would have done as a junior doctor aren't that, imp- I don't want to say it's not that impressive, but I guess in the grand scheme of being a head of department, a head mm. of college, mm-hmm. um, or head of an examination board, it, it's uh, it's a smaller smaller playing field. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think don't underest- un- understate your uh, experiences, but I think understand that the world is so much bigger than what we're used to. Yeah. Um, so I think as La- as Lahiri said, like work, talk about how you've been working towards your goal. Hmm. I think that's a lot of good points. So, so we've come up to about I think about twenty minutes on that. So we can probably. And this one, and this and one go there. to the next episode with um, the situational questions and a few other things. So yeah. So anyway, thank you, thank you very much for listening and watching. And again, share with anyone who might be interested. And on the next episodes, we'll go through situational questions and a few other things about personal attributes and uh, yeah, a few other topics with interviews. So yep, thanks very much for listening. I'm Lahiri. This is ABC's of Anesthesia, and I'm Kaz. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.